This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Hello and welcome to another edition of the In Focus podcast. I am your host G Sampath. International cricket's biggest event is starting tomorrow in Ahmedabad. The 2023 ICC Cricket World Cup will go on from tomorrow till November 19th, featuring 48 matches spread across 10 cities in India, and 10 teams will vie for the coveted trophy. While defending champions England will be strong contenders, India, as the host nation, will be under tremendous pressure to bring home the cup. So, how do the teams stack up? which are the players and matchups to look out for and what do the numbers and recent form say about which teams are the real favorites right now for this preview podcast on the world cup we have with us amol karhatkar from the hindu sports bureau amol thank you so much for joining us all the way from guwahati pleasure pleasure sampath looking forward to the yet another discussion on info great great so i'm going to start with a very simple straightforward question who according to you are the main contenders the main favorites to win the trophy how do you assess them right sampath as is the case ahead uh, of every world cup uh, at the start of the cup rather than predicting the champion everyone is keener on uh, having their top force as in the semi finalists so uh, just to make it short my top four are england australia india and pakistan these are the safest top four i can have with new zealand and south africa as possible dark horses okay okay i would agree with you in terms of england they have got a fantastic team uh, australia as well uh, india too Uh, what about pakistan is it more like a sentimental favorite because you want an india pakistan match up uh, in a knockout stage or are they really that strong right now uh, not at all sentimental i am going with pakistan despite them uh, having lost one of their premier pace bowlers that's nasim shah primarily because of their top order batting and despite nasim shah's absence their firepower in pace department okay had south africa not uh, missed as in had onrik norkia not been uh, unavailable for south africa i would have picked south africa ahead of pakistan but now i feel pakistan have a slight edge at least at the start of the tournament okay and what about uh, the team which has made it to the finals uh, you know again and again i think last time also on the time before that also new zealand you think the conditions won't favor them even though they are not a bad team new zealand uh, i have a feeling that uh, the same core as such they have lost that zing and that's why plus they don't have a, a, a as in i don't know somehow i feel it's it's a need unit just like india but uh, something is missing over there the sort of x factor is what it lacks and that's why i feel despite having achieved as in new zealand has been a perennial overachiever when it comes to icc tournament the world cups world the world championships mini world cup whatever but this time around i think they'll fall short 
No, what do you mean perennial overachiever? If they are a perennial overachiever, doesn't that mean possibly that the commentators are perennial underestimators of the, of the team? No, it's like that's that's the whole beauty about uh, New Zealand as a team. They enter uh, an ICC tournament without being in great form, great nick. Okay, seldom will you find one person having t- taken the team through to the knockouts. But still, as a team, they deliver when it matters the most. Okay. And that's how that's why I refer to them as perennial overachievers only when it comes to World Cups. Okay. That's 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 been the standout feature of New Zealand cricket. But I think this time around they may fall short. Okay. Okay. So uh, what about Sri Lanka, uh, Amol? Because they have traditionally done well uh, in the subcontinent. Sri Lanka uh, have traditionally done well. Sri Lanka have had a, a decent outing in the Asia Cup despite the blip in the final. But this Sri Lankan lot is more suitable to the slow and low pitches in Sri Lanka. So uh, I would be surprised uh, if they actually go anywhere close to qualifying for the tournament. Okay. If Vanindu Hasaranga actually recovers and uh, is drafted into the squad in the first half of the tournament, then they might stretch a few other top contenders. But otherwise, despite having some quality in their batting lineup, I think their bowling will be hopefully short as was witnessed during the warm-up match against Afghanistan. Right, and, and what what do you expect in terms of uh, the conditions, the pitches? We have got ten different venues. Are they all going to be like uh, flat tracks uh, to encourage high scoring matches, or like what kind of are they? Or, or are they going to be very different conditions in different uh, venues? See, when it comes to surfaces, in all likelihood, they will be uniform, like you said, the flat decks, because that's what uh, everyone wants. You and I may want to watch uh, a quality spell or a duel between bat and ball, but majority of uh, stakeholders who matter, they want high-scoring games. So that's how it will be designed. Conditions will be the key because as we have seen in the last few years, even when it comes to western, central and parts of northern India, the monsoon does not usually recede by the end of September, it drags on in October, sometimes in November. So, if there is a, a lot of rainfall in the lead up to a game, that may change the nature of the pitch drastically. And that a shortened game will obviously uh, result in different dynamics. So, that will be an interesting factor to watch out for for me, at, at least in the first half. Right. So, most like what proportion of the matches are day night, and which of which and which matches are day matches? Like, is there any kind of a pattern to that? There's no pattern. There's uh, of the forty-eight matches, only six are day matches. Okay, and even day matches are not in its real sense day matches because the day matches start at ten thirty a.m. So by the time they get over, the scheduled closes. 6.30, okay, 6.15 for that matter. Whereas the day-night matches start at 2 p.m., which is the usual start time for uh, most matches in India. Okay, so that the prime time uh, actually 
coincides with the chase that's how it has been planned right so most of these matches that I mean 40 and 40 plus matches they are going to be played under floodlight right at least a part of the match yes uh, 42 matches for sure and even among the day night matches uh, half of the chase half of the second innings will anyway be played under floodlight right so so from what we have seen in the past so do you think dew will be a factor uh which could sort of influence teams to uh, prefer to you know bowl first yeah see dew is uh, always a factor okay but uh, dew also gives uh, batting teams advantage in the second inning moreover dew the dew factor can be minimized with chemical sprays we have seen it uh, having been employed in the past beat the ipl even before that first time i remember 2006 champions trophy that was played in india that's when the chemical spray was used for the first time it was in the same uh, so where does this chemical spray go do you spray the chemical on the entire all, all over the outfield yeah all over all, over, all over the outfield yeah and the the timing has to be right when you spray it how long as in how much time do you have before you spray it and before the dew sets in so usually they spray it before the start of the match and during the break and it does work it does work wonders at times right but what if india is batting second should they still spray it yes uh, it, that is not uh, team's calls okay these are calls uh, by the officials in consultation with curators so the teams don't have any role to play in Okay, but the but the officials and curators are Indian, right? So they can take a call if India is batting second, mm. not to spray, no, right? Or is there any kind of a clear protocol or rule on this spray spraying business? Yes, that's that's the point. So uh, the guidelines for uh, match officials uh, would have a point wherein it will be made mandatory that once you spray it at one venue, you have to spray it at the same venue for every match. That's the deal. Okay, okay, okay. So the basically the 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 intent is to neutralize the dew factor so that the team uh, bowling second does not have a disadvantage. Exactly, and it gets so bad as in sitting on in our couches, uh, we cannot really imagine how virtually impossible is it to bowl with a wet ball with so much of dew. it act literally becomes like you have pulled a ball out of uh, a bucket full of soap uh, and then you try and grip it and then you try to sw- swing it or spin it it just it is just not practically possible right right anyway the perils of uh, floodlight uh, floodlight matches now coming to the format amol why is there no super six etc is that is, is there is there a lot of uh, uh influence wielded by whether it's a t20 or an odi when we discuss and when when they decide on the format we have a round robin only this time yes uh, this time too uh, we had a round robin in 2015 not in 2015 sorry in 2019 we had a round robin this time around also we are going to have a round robin and in 2027 also it will be a round robin the fact of the matter is the uh, what lies at the heart of the debate is whether there should be more teams i feel once you have uh, 
settled on a 10 team world cup in order to ensure that the world cup is not diluted the games are not uh, substandard as such or uh, lopsided then uh, this format works better so that it gives uh, every team as fair a chance as possible to make it to the top four number two the broadcaster is actually uh, committed at least nine India games, which is what matters in the world of cricket. And three, there is no sense of anyone being uh, as in, uh, unfairly treated or unfortunate to have not played X, Y, Z and have been knocked out. Okay. So I think as once you are playing every team in the fray at once in the league stage, I feel it's a fair call. So why don't we have the same format in T20 World Cup as well? Because T20 is the format that they're looking at for expansion. Okay. So uh, next time around, there will be more teams in T20 World Cup. Okay. So there you need a Super so 6 kind of T20... a thing for a high quality right. setting. Okay. Right. So the T20 World Cup is heading the football way. The ODI World Cup you never know. It may be on the way out as well, post 2020. On the way out? Oh my God, okay. But I doubt that because if it's a big money spinner, uh, like it has always been, uh, then I suppose uh, it will have uh, some kind of sustaining power. Uh, anyway, that's another debate. So coming back to the World Cup uh, team, some old, uh, we have discussed England and Sri Lanka and New Zealand and so on. What about uh, teams like Afghanistan and the Netherlands? I mean, they are not at the same uh, level. But uh, do you think there will be pushovers of sorts? Uh, what used to be called minnows, easy uh, uh, opportunities to to make uh, to score points for the more established teams? Like, how do you assess these two teams? So, let's just make it clear that the top eight teams, according to ICC rankings, uh, qualified directly and the remaining two teams came through qualifiers. Afghanistan qualified directly, so did Bangladesh. Netherlands and Sri Lanka had to qualify. And Netherlands and Sri Lanka, while qualifying, have knocked out the West Indies from the qualifier. So we know, uh, actually in this, technically on paper, if you look at it, no team can be a pushover in this 10-team format. Still, I feel Netherlands, Afghanistan and Sri Lanka, primarily these three teams, uh, to an extent, Bangladesh. These four teams will be at the bottom tier and uh, they will obviously you aim while entering to win the championship while entering a tournament. But I feel for the time being, Afghanistan and Netherlands specifically would be happy with causing uh, two upsets. Okay. Rather than uh, setting their eyes on qualifying for the semi. But uh, you will be surprised, Afghanistan will be far more competitive than the Netherlands and possibly Sri Lanka and Bangladesh also is what I feel. Right. That's an exciting thought. Uh, I think they've got some fantastic uh, spinners and players. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch them in action for sure. And what are your thoughts on the selection of the Indian team, Mamol? Uh, any misses? Any could-have-beens, would-have-beens? Indian team uh, seems to have got all its bases covered. Akshar Patel's injury may have served as a boon because 
it was revealed uh, quite late that R. Ashwin was always in their plans despite not having picked him for most of the last six years when it came to Wonders. Whether that turns out to be the X factor. My only problem with this Indian team is there is zero element of surprise. There is no X factor heading into the tournament. The only element of surprise was R. Ashwin's last minute inclusion. But no team is stranger to facing R. Ashwin. R. Ashwin is no stranger to being innovative. Whether he can do it at this age or not is the point. And like I said, in 2011, you had a Raina, you had a Virat Kohli who actually lent the uh, uh, the exuberance of youth to an extent Pius Chawla as well. Right? In 2023, besides Shubman Gill and to an extent Ishan Kishan, there is no such factor. So that is where my concern with this Indian team is whether it has the wherewithal to uh, actually pull off crunch matches, especially the knockouts. Moreover, India's schedule is designed as such that if they lose uh, two of the first three matches, then it becomes a very difficult path to trade for them uh, because they're facing Australia and Pakistan in the first 10 days of the tournament. If they end up on the losing side in both the games, then uh, God help Indian team. Moreover, the fate of World Cup also will hang in balance. Whether the World Cup will actually become the grandest World Cup as uh, everyone in the ecosystem is hoping for it to be. Right. I mean, those are some sobering thoughts uh, right there. Uh, coming to uh, one of the controversies in the run-up uh, to the event, Amol, there was uh, there were so many news reports about uh, the mess-up over Pakistani cricketers' visa approvals from India and how it has affected their preparations and so on, like uh, the, the delay in granting them visa. Can you talk a little bit about what happened? Uh, how much was the delay? Did they have to give up some friendly matches? Has it affected their preparation? Is it all well now? Uh, I don't think it was that big a deal. Uh, everyone knows that when it comes to any visa, except for diplomatic visas between India and Pakistan, they are issued at the 11th. Okay. Pakistan players, yes, they are, uh, the board claimed that they had to cancel their two-day preparatory camp in Dubai. But they would have trained in Pakistan at the same time. So I don't think uh, players were complaining about visas being delayed. Okay. There was no problem because once uh, it is the ICC event, once BCCI agrees for host agreement, it is clearly stated that BCCI will ensure that all the entries with regard to players and officials okay, will be facilitated. So it wasn't as if it was in danger of missing out on the flight. So nobody is talking it about danger. No, no, nobody is talking about the danger. The point is delay. If you keep delaying, you suppose you are, you you had planned to come, like say, twenty days in advance. Pakistan you need the visa to be able to, You need the visa to be able to board the plane. If you don't get the visa, you will have to rebook the tickets, right? That's the whole point. Pakistan landed in India according to their original plan. That's my point. They could not go to Dubai for a two-day preparatory camp, but their arrival in India was not delayed. And that's why 
for a change i am on the indian administrative side this time around right and what has been the uh, scene in terms of availability ease of booking tickets uh, and so on when there was some again some debate over the fact that the schedule was announced only 100 days before the event is there enough time for you uh, know overseas uh, visitors cricket fans to sort of make their plans and come to india and all that like is that normal to announce the schedule just 100 days before the event it is the worst lead up to a world cup from an organizational perspective okay in 2011 the schedule was finalized 18 months before the event the first tickets went on sale one year before the first match one year before same the was the case yes this was 2011 when the world cup was last played in india they botched it up during the 2016 to 20 world cup and again the same story has been repeated there are a lot of non cricketing reasons for it considering how indian uh, sports especially indian cricket operates there are a lot of uh, political uh, strands involved in it which we cannot uh, establish but we can uh, actually join the dots okay the whole point is how can you call it the showcase event for a sport in the country that the sport belongs to when you announce it 100 days in advance and when you change the schedule 6 weeks later the first tickets go on sale with 50 days remaining for the event how do you expect any fan be it indian overseas to actually make travel plans then buy match tickets flight tickets or train tickets or hotel bookings at exorbitant rates okay i know people we had done a story for sportsar magazine with fandom on the rise as the headline wherein we spoke with a few fans who had actually set aside a budget to go to ahmedabad watch one match not necessarily india pakistan this was at the start of the year when it was a given that india pakistan will be in ahmedabad so Uh, they had set aside certain budget hoping for the tickets to start the ticket sale it never happened the ticket prices for flights and hotel book rates kept on surging so they had to shelve their plan they had to make do with uh, hoping to buy a ticket at the closest venue to their respective home this is not how you treat fans this is i'm sorry uh, this is one of the worst lead ups to a world cup if you had to actually uh, showcase this as the grandest world cup ever it has become the messiest world cup ever and we saw that that at the time of the warm up matches hyderabad which will also host main matches of the tournament uh, the hygiene is nowhere to be seen let alone in the stands even for commentators so imagine the plight of the fans what's lying in store for them right that is really unfortunate uh, more even fans are the ones who make the sport what it is who give it its popularity who create a buzz around the entire event and if they are not uh, uh, going to get a, a fair deal in terms of you know getting facilitated for the travel and ticket to one that's really unfortunate now moving again back to the cricketing side of things uh what is the logic in having pakistan's semi final match in kolkata only regardless of their position in the points table 
after the round robin stage i mean they I mean the semi finals could be either in bombay uh, would be in bombay and kolkata but if india were to play pakistan uh, it would play in kolkata otherwise india would play in bombay what, what is the logic here it's simple very very simple nobody wants to take a chance with some of the political parties in maharashtra who have been anti pakistan when it comes to political stance Uh, trying to create a ruckus should Pakistan come down. Okay, we know Shiv Sena dug up the one-day pitch uh, in 1987. It was yes. Since then, Pakistan haven't played in Mumbai. Okay, so that is the factor that has been considered. Similarly, Sri Lanka hasn't been given a game in Chennai. Okay. they nobody wants to take a chance when it comes to this regional political outbursts convenient when it comes to cricket matches okay considering the sri lanka uh, the opposition for sri lankan cricketers even chennai super kings had to play one season of their matches away and for a couple of seasons they told uh, their sri lankan signings to not travel to chennai for home games they played only the away games this is the world we live in this is the uh, naya bharat we live in so we can't help it pakistan if they qualify they will play in calcutta india if they qualify will play in bombay unless they are playing pakistan okay so it's simple uh, you can't help it right so, pakistan does not uh, get to play in bombay no matter what Yes, Pakistan doesn't have a problem in playing in Bombay, but considering the security uh, uh, hazard that may step in, the organizers have taken care of not scheduling a game for Pakistan in Mumbai. Right. Just curious, Amol, Abi, do you have any idea if there are lots of travelers coming from overseas for the event? We know that whenever they the World Cup has been held in England or Australia. There are a lot of people from the subcontinent who go there, and also from other parts of the world. Like, like, do we have a lot of overseas um, travelers coming in for this event, or it's mostly domestic? See, not as many as they would have liked. Obviously, uh, those who can actually afford hospitality uh, box tickets, hmm. they would have made their plans well in advance. But uh, considering the visa hassles that majority of countries have. it's like from bangladesh 5000 people would want to come for every match but bangladesh visa in itself takes almost 3 months to process for india okay so uh, considering all those factors you mean indian visa for bangladesh is yes sorry i said the other way around it usually takes 3 months the official tour partners of the world cup in bangladesh they had written to indian high commission in bangladesh to expedite visas for ticket holders whether that will work out or not is uh, anybody's guess but uh, australia england and new zealand certain fans who make their travel plans cricket is a part of their tour they will come down especially at venues like dharamshala but uh, overall i would be surprised if there is significant overseas presence during the world cup as is usually the case when the world cup is staged elsewhere 
Right. I mean, I was asking this question also because there are going to be quite a few matches where India won't be playing, right? Australia versus New Zealand, you know, Netherlands versus uh, Afghanistan. I mean, unless we have uh, enough number of people coming in from other countries, you're going to be seeing what matches played in empty stands because I doubt how many Indians are going to pay money to go and watch matches between Sri Lanka and Bangladesh, for instance. Here, 5,000 fans from Bangladesh would have made a difference to the entire atmosphere of a World Cup match. Yes, we should be prepared to witness majority of World Cup matches with at least half the stands empty. Well, okay. Okay, that's another sobering thought. One final question, Amol, before we uh, wrap up. You made your predictions fairly clear for the semi-finals, England, Australia, India and Pakistan. I'm going to push you a little bit more and ask you to make a prediction for the final. Who do you think would be the finalist? I'm not going to ask you to predict the winner, but just the finalists. Uh, somehow I have a feeling we are heading towards the 1987 uh, World Cup being repeated. Everyone would want an India-Pakistan final if they are playing in two different semi-finals. But as was the case in 1987, it turned out to be an England-Australia final. And going by the balance and the form of all the teams involved, I will not be surprised if it's uh, if it actually, actually ends up being an England-Australia final. Right. I mean, I think it's going to be India is going to make it to the final anyway because we are we have no other choice but to win the cup, right? I mean, there, yeah. there have been uh, quite a few interesting uh, discussions uh, all over the place, you know, which indicate that this winning this World Cup is is like a must for the Indian team for uh, cricketing and uh, uh, meta cricketing reasons. So let's hope yeah. uh, it works out that way. Thank you so much, Alon Amol. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon. <laughs>